0: Life audio. Hey guys, this is part two of Travis's testimony. Please go back and watch part one from last week. But we're going to continue to discuss um, how Travis found freedom in Christ from a life of bondage and addiction. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you believe in
1: life after addiction? You better believe it. Of life after addiction, and hope, man, changes so much. So you know, if, if you if you continue to do the things that I was doing mentally, I could keep doing those things. But physically, my body started giving out on me. Wow. And and I don't, I'm not going to go into the war stories of mm-hmm. the things that that I did. Satan will get no glory for my life. Amen. Uh, the The things that I did god will get the glory for even though it seemed like the worst thing that could ever happen to someone addiction right that is the thing that god used Mm. to to break me down i'm not saying that that god is it caused addiction in my life he allowed that for me to see my own sin and my own depravity and what i was capable of doing apart from christ so my body started giving out on me i'm talking about man you know me and Chitty are maybe the two most competitive people that, I'm <laughs> yeah, not that S2L I know. That's too l for sure. If we broke out a checkers board right here, yes. dude, somebody's going home mad. <laughs> yeah, <straight>. That's hundred <laughs> percent you know, true. We you know that somebody's yeah. leaving here in this place mad. Uh, even if we, you know, hit them with the paper rocks, it doesn't matter. We're very competitive <laughs> yes. people, and and one of the things that that blows my mind is how much I lost to fight the competitive nature to win. If mm. anything else, dude, I'll, the wind was co- totally removed from the sails. And so, you know, it began this, this decline into physical, um, just, not good, man. Yeah. This is not good. My, I couldn't walk, couldn't talk, or not talk. I couldn't walk, I couldn't function at work. Yeah, I couldn't do any of the things that, like, simple things. I, I couldn't function. I mean, my body started shutting down. I had a couple car accidents. I hit a mail. I was on my way to work one day, and a mailman had part on the side of the road, and I hit him going like 40 miles an hour. Praise God he was not in the vehicle. He was walking up to the front door. You know, that was that was substance-related. Mm-hmm. Um, there was another time I crashed a vehicle. I was on my way to work. I went off through somebody's front yard and wiped out a crape myrtle tree, went way down off in this big, giant, um, like, like a little valley thing right down before a creek, stopped right before the creek. Um, ended up I drove that car back out of that ditch, And went back home and did the same drugs I had just overdosed on the night before. I found out later that it was was very possible that I had a a mild heart attack the night Mm. before that happened because I passed out at the wheel on the way to work. And so, finally, all of these things led me up to the point where it's like, Travis, you got to get help. You got to get some real help. Like it it can't be like whatever you got to give up, you got to give up. Mm. And and so I ended up my aunt um god bless her man they have there's been people in my life that have just not give up on me just ruthless ambition to not give up on your boy Mm, and uh is that the one i met it is it is i still remember yeah oh man so (laughs) we'll get to it man but like man chitty chitty got on my nerves really bad one day (laughs) because he was (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he was trying to speak truth and you know when you ain't trying to hear the truth man it's like it, it can you can make you a little upset so we'll get to that part but uh but yeah she came and she took me to a detox because like the kind of the deal was like I got to go get medical help and I you know I ended up going to a detox and so you know I don't really want to a statement it was a dark place in my life literally the power had got cut off uh, where i was living at yeah. uh, i mean it was just every dollar down penny that i had was going to buy drugs and uh it was it was a really dark place in my life so i go to detox get out of there uh go to a, a, a treatment facility uh, for like a little 28 day program you know the, the old box style you just go get your 28 days and yeah. move along sir uh you got to go somewhere else now so and then I went to a place and it was it was like a halfway house in Charlotte, North Carolina, and it was a trap house, bro. I mean, it was like Amazon window or boxes covering the windows, no glass. They was just using cardboard as the, you know, to stop the mm. February t- wind that was blowing wow. through that joint. And so, uh, you know, it was. Uh, I was there for one day, one day, and then my mom was like, "We found this place in Winberry, Tennessee. It's called Has Two Hill." <laughs> Would you be willing to go there? And I was like, oh, man, what is this place, a cult? You know, it's a Christ-centered facility. And it's like, no, just Travis, just give it a try. Like, you got to give this thing a real try. And so I did, and I come here, and everybody's like just so happy. And I'm like, oh, these people are fake, dude, for sure. <laughs> Whoa, that guy over there, man. This guy, yeah. man, this guy, Carl, man, he gives a lot of hugs, dude. Yeah. He may be hugging you for longer than you want, want him to hug you. <laughs> yeah. You know, Carl might give them 10, 15-second long yeah. hugs. They're just like, dude, please get away from yeah. me. I'm not a big touch guy, man. It's Travis
0: like, is not a big touch guy for our audience <laughs> who doesn't know. Like, if you hug him for two seconds, he gets super awkward and cringe.
1: You no, know, me and Shitty have hugged like five times. Yeah, but,
0: man, me and him were good. We just <laughs> Walk my bones without doing, and keep
1: keep <laughs> her moving, baby. You know, like we just we don't. Yeah. But then I get to this place, and everybody's like, "Dude, I love you, man." I'm like, "You don't know nothing about me." And mm-hmm. and I realized that I was waiting for that that foot to drop, where it's like, "Man, I love you," but, and that never happened. Mm-hmm. I, I kept waiting for it. And I'm like, "Man, these dudes," I, I started seeing admirable qualities in men that I desired to have. Ron, who wow. had been preaching the gospel for thirty years, he, he would go into these classes, and he would—it's like the first time he ever did it—and he would have this like zeal and this passion mm. to teach these classes. Then I would see like men like Chitty, who is just determined. Right? I didn't know Chitty in addiction, and then I see these crazy-looking pictures, man, and I'm like, no, nah, that ain't the same person. Man, he looks like the same guy, but it's not the same guy. Mm. And I started hearing stories of other people, and saying, man, God radically changed and saved their life. And I'm going to back up just one split second because when I was in that detox, my aunt took me to, it was the first time in my life I ever cried out to God, truly Mm. cried out to God. Hi everyone. If you've been injured in an accident, that was not your fault. Listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now, 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be
0: available in all states.
1: And when I mean that, I mean, God save me from me, have mercy on a sinner, not reciting a prayer after some somebody somewhere i mean i desperately desired for god to come into my life and change who i was fundamentally as a human being to take away my heart of stone and to give me feeling and Mm -hmm. to have mercy upon me because that is the thing addiction that was meant to destroy me that is the thing god used to bring me to my knees to humble me to to Give me the recognition of I do, I desperately need a savior. Amen. And I believe that Christ is who he says he is. And that was the moment, man, where where things began to change. It didn't all get fixed overnight. And, and it led me up to that place where I was in this faith-based recovery program. But things didn't necessarily just like, there wasn't just like a light bulb moment where everything just changed. And you know I went through this program, and I began to become hungry for the Word of God oh, yeah. and thirsty for the Word of oh, God. Yeah. I was consumer of, of the Word of God, but I had all this knowledge but no application of it. And things didn't work out the way that I necessarily wanted them to work out, so I completed phase one, phase two at S2L, and then I got to that place where it's like, man, what do I do now? i got to go back to work. And and even then, you know, I went over and I was going to uh, do the halfway house thing that we had going on at the time. And I'm there, and Chitty is having a discussion with me one day because I have told him, I'm like, man, I'm gonna, i i got to get out of here. i got to leave. And Chitty said, God has a call on your life. And many of the other men who worked here came over there that day and said, God has a call on your life. And I was like, man, you got the wrong one, buddy. Mm. It ain't me. God would never pick me, and if he did, he picked the wrong one. And so... I mean, you can tell
0: that day, man. You can tell by the You've
1: seen the look, man, that I was going to do something I shouldn't
0: do. And now it's crazy that you can see it from the other angle. You know, like when a guy's telling you that, man, he's just got to go home. He's got some things he's got to figure out. He's got to get back to his family. He's got to get back (laughs) to his job. And all these things are good in due time. You know what I mean? Um, But you can physically see it on someone. You can see the fear. You can see the doubt. You can see them knowing they're making the wrong decision. Excuse me. You can see a man knowing he's making the wrong decision, but just sticking to his guns and allowing his pride to consume him and lead him astray. But yeah, it was a blessing watching God get a hold of your heart, man. Like you said, you did phase one and two, so you were with us. What that means is he was with us for 12 weeks or 84 days, and God got a hold of this man's heart. But for those of you who maybe know of the Lord, but you don't know the Lord, I would ask, and it's something that, you know, I would ask Travis, I don't know if he remembered, and I actually, I've heard you talk about it since, but what is your Isaac? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what is mm-hmm. that thing that you're not willing to give up? Up. Yep. What is that thing you're not willing to relinquish control of? It may be the very thing that you're holding on to like, well, God, I've given you this, 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 and this. What's the one thing you're not that you haven't given him? And for Travis, I could tell he was he was coveting that job and his identity, his security, everything was found and rooted in that job. I know, man, I can go to this place, make this amount of money, live the lifestyle I'm living and still do some good, even though we're living a life of <laughs> debauchery. <laughs> it's like, man, I know that life. As, as you know, as distraught as I was, as uncomfortable as I was, there was a level of comfortability in the known with that. And so, man, it was something that you weren't ready to relinquish control of. And I know you ended up leaving, kind of going, you know, briefly back to the same thing. And then God convicting you and bringing you back that second time. I did. And I would ask everyone, what is your Isaac? Mm. What is the thing
1: that you that God is asking you to give up? He may not even be asking you to give it up,
0: but are you willing to give up everything in the posture of your heart are you willing right like you said he may not physically call you to give that up but man he wants the posture of your heart certainly to be there to say here i am god
1: yeah here i am and and, you know that's one of the hardest things and i see it now from a different perspective yeah but at the time it's like man i have all these good intentions
0: Mm -hmm.
1: man good intentions don't save you yeah good intentions don't stop like really
0: poor decisions. Garrett used to say, man, good intentions doesn't make it a good decision. And I've used that ever since because you can have all the good intentions in the world that don't make something a good decision. My plan was to go minister the gospel, this right. newfound gospel yeah. to
1: everybody I come in contact yeah.
0: with delivering them packages. And man. the Lord even put that on your heart. Yeah. So, and not not only are these not good things, man, these are good things, sure. but in the right time, in the right order, in the right season, in the right place. Execution. Mm-hmm execution all those good intentions
1: man can be so easily overwhelmed by complacency
0: yeah
1: and and yeah i want to go do this thing and i got all these plans and everything seems like it's going to work out good but i knew that i was called to preach the gospel of jesus christ amen and I, i tell you this today if you're called to preach it and you know in your heart if you have made if you have worked that out with 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 the lord nothing you do outside of that will be like like fulfilling and successful. Mm -hmm. I believe right now, if I, if I went back to work a a regular old nine to five job and not preach the gospel, I would struggle. Mm. I would struggle because God has called me to do that. And if I don't, then who knows, who knows what that would look like. You know, God blesses the just, it rains on the just and the unjust. People experience blessings because God is good. Mm. Um, but when you've been called to serve the Lord, it's a scary. It's a it's a awe-inspiring thing. It's a it's, inti- it should, it's intimidating. It's, it should be a reverence mm-hmm. to it. Like he, he did. He chose me. Yeah. Why on earth would he choose me? I don't understand. Woe is me. Yeah. Right. When you when you come into that place of understanding, like I am unworthy, God, but you are worthy. Yeah. To give my life. So what is your Isaac for me? That was my job. wasn't willing to do it, man. And I go back home, and man, I think I'll. I, I was hooping and hollering for Jesus, and then I was doing drugs again, and man, within a week,
0: yeah, and and I went back to the same old cycle. How long did you stay gone after you left the first time? So that was really your first time. Is yeah. did you get saved in the program the first time? I got saved because you that knew detox. of God. Yeah, okay. I got saved in that okay. detox,
1: man. Uh, when that was the first time I ever I ever called out to God that He would have mercy on me and save. Me. It was more than just a checkbox, right? And uh, and and it wasn't the same,
0: man. I went back to to doing the drugs and addiction. Uh, it wasn't the same. It's, mm, it's not amen. the same. It's, it's, it's hard to explain for someone who hasn't encountered God. Um, and tried to go back to their own vomit. But I know exactly what you mean. Like I said at the beginning, I went through three times. It was never the Mm-mm. same after I had an encounter no. with God and accepted Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. It was never the same. And I can't, in the supernatural, way. I can't explain it, man. Yeah. But yeah. praise God for conviction, man, because it can, keeps you running back to the cross. So you left here, you stayed gone how long? I think it was four or five months. Four or five months. Mm-hmm. And then what was it that, Caused you to call back Or the straw That broke the camel's back So to speak Was it your mom Was it your dad <laughs> Was it conviction Was it a little bit of both Was it losing a yeah. job
1: So I was I was homeless yeah. I was homeless Because my mom and dad said Man we don't know Where you're going to go But you can't be here We won't watch you Kill yourself yeah. In front of us So it's what was happening It was yeah. slow suicide Oh yeah And about to be fast suicide Right yeah. And so I was homeless And I got into this really um, I was sleeping uh, In a Kroger parking lot Or my drug dealer's driveway mm-hmm. And I, I mean And it was, I was going to work every day as a homeless person, uh, which is bizarre. If you kind of think about it, I was making good money Mm -hmm. um, and I was choosing to give every bit of that money uh, to to a drug dealer um, at the end of the week when I would get paid. And I started having some overdoses, man. And it started coming in quick succession, to where it's like the ambulance is getting called on me. Um, And I probably never shared this with my mom. and She's probably going to watch this and be like, oh my goodness, right? Uh, There's not. I don't know how God saved me out of that. I don't know. I do know he is sovereign. and, and But I, it's just, man, there was so many times where I just shouldn't be here anymore, man. I started having, like I said, overdoses where um, people would call the ambulance on me. I, I was um, falling out just unconscious. People would see me, call the cops. And I didn't go to jail. And I never went to the hospital. I would always wake up right before the um you know emergency people would get there and I would leave wherever I was at and a couple times I passed the ambulance but there was there was a day and it was at um it was afternoon in a dollar store parking lot in Huntsville Alabama where where I was living at and I overdosed and I woke up and I was blue I Mm. mean I was blue as you can get lips were purple my hands were blue my face was blue I thought I was a dead man i mean i thought i was dead and then my chest started hurting really bad and i realized that i was alive and i lost it emotionally i mean i really lost it and so we've all seen the people that are struggling with mental health issues where they'll be yeah. kind of walking around talking to themselves that was me that day in that parking lot and i was waiting on anybody to just come up to me even the police right i just wanted to tell somebody i I don't know what to do. I was too prideful to pick up the phone and say, hey, I need to come back to S2. I need some help. Uh, And so that day I was waiting on anybody to come up to me. And I knew the scripture because I had some scripture because I had been reading it the first time I was here. And nobody come up to me that day. Not a single person. And God, I've never heard God audibly. Not once in my life. But in that moment, man, God spoke to me through the Spirit. And he said the things that are impossible with men are possible with God luke eighteen twenty seven, hmm. and in that moment man, i realized i had to come back to this place i had to come back to s2l and so i did um mom reached out to to john and got everything set up for me to come back and, and
0: you've seen me right and i the, i he was, was <laughs> he was he was rough he was uh yeah he was on death's doorstep he he was he looked physically ill he looked spiritually dead he looked physically dead um Um, But that reminds me, man, I'll never forget. So we used to have a volleyball court in our front yard at the lodge on the property. And I'll never forget, and your mom and your aunt will probably remember this, um, but they got in the car afterwards, and we always like praying over families before they ever leave. But I remember walking out to their car, and they were parked on the volleyball court, man. And we went and prayed together, man. And the Lord, the spirit of the Lord was just moving, just consuming. And I'll I'll never forget telling them, like, don't you for one second think this isn't a victory. This is a victory in Jesus name. And I just remember all three of us crying in that moment. And then the next time I think I saw your mom, I could be wrong. But you're on stage at Catapult preaching the word of God. (laughs) And I didn't know your parents were there. So I'm like walking out. Um, at the end and the doors open and I just see your mom and me and her just both lose yeah. it like yeah but to remember that moment to see you where you <laughs> were now gosh it's <laughs> such a blessing man such a blessing so talk about your second time briefly whenever you yeah, came yeah, back what, sure. what was different why do you, what, what looked different for you
1: I stopped praying for what God could do for me And I started praying what I could do for God. Mm. God, show me if you have called me to do this, which I believe that you have, would you send someone that I may minister the gospel truth to? The first time I ever prayed that prayer, not 30 minutes after I prayed it, somebody walked up to me and said, man, how does salvation work? I would be a fool to ever go back to not believe in that God has called me to preach and proclaim the gospel. I have worked it out with fear and trembling. I have made my calling election sure in that regard, that God has called me to do this, and now it is my responsibility to, to be ready in season and out of season with a word of encouragement, with a testimony, with a witness, to anybody who would hear, mm. Right, whether it's at the gas station or whether it's in a classroom or whether it's on a stage somewhere, to minister the gospel truth and the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. That's all that matters. It is all that matters, and I'll get emotional, right? Because I do think about my mom, and I think about those times when when it seemed like there was no hope, and and my mom and my dad they never give up on me, and and it was tough, right? Because I I did I, I made a a love in Jonah chapter chapter two, Jonah gets thrown off the boat, right? And the the men who was on the boat with him, they threw him in the sea. The the sea stops, and it said uh, that the men the men that were that through Jonathan to the see they feared God exceedingly and they made vows to the Lord. And I love that made vows to the Lord. I, I feel like I've done the same thing. God, I will serve you no matter where you call me to go. And that is a that is a heavy responsibility at times. And we can it can be scary, but putting faith in God, that's what was different the second time that I came through. I stopped praying, God, will you fix this and will you fix that? And it's like, man, God, how do I serve you? and that's the beauty of that's what we're called to do Mm. god is not just this genie who we just well god if you fix this then i'll do this and if you do this for me then i'll do that for you man that he is the creator of the heavens and the earth Mm. like he owes us nothing Mm. we are not entitled to his love or his grace or his mercy but he still gives chance after chance after chance and and he gives you a purpose in life. And so I began to have a purpose and hope and a purpose will change
0: a man's life. You know, this, you know, this, there's a hope in knowing the Lord that this world doesn't know. And once you've had true joy, true peace, true, um, You know, fulfillment, true contentment, which comes from Christ and Christ alone and knowing him personally, never again will a cheap substitute satisfy. And I can't I wish our audience knew for those who don't know the Lord. I never in a million years thought I'd even be saying this myself. Like I said, I didn't grow up reading this. I didn't grow up praying. I didn't grow up believing in Jesus. Like, man, I encountered the Lord going through the pits of hell, dude. In my weakness, man, in my darkest days when I had nothing to look to, but like you said, man, cry out to the Lord, get on my knees and look up. Man, I encountered him. Like I encountered him and it changed everything everything for me from that day forward. did everything get better in my life immediately? No, man, there were still some things I needed to work out. Um, But man, from that day forward, I knew that true fulfillment, true contentment Purpose is only found through a personal relationship Amen. with Christ, man. And like I said, I tried going back to those cheap substitutes afterwards, man. Once I had the real deal from the source, man, it was never the same going for those cheap substitutes.
1: Amen. I want to ask you, when you when you came <clears throat> here and you experienced Christ, did you see the qualities in other men? That I did. Ex- that's that's, Christ. that's
0: what that's what drew me in. Because to be honest with you, man. I still wasn't even sure about the whole God of the Bible thing. Sure. I got to a point where like, I could believe in a God just because of creation. And I don't know, I think it'd be foolish of me not to believe in a God that all this just happened. Everything came from nothing. I don't, I don't agree with that, but it was the men who served here. Like I saw, and like I said, I'm like you, I I went to other rehabs as well. I, uh, I saw a joy in this man that, that, is not of this world that I couldn't explain. I had a, I saw a peace in this man. I, you know, I saw a contentment in this man. I saw, I just saw certain godly attributes and characteristics and the men around me who served here. And it was captivating. I remember thinking like this dude is free. (laughs) Like he don't have to convince (laughs) me of nothing. I have discernment. This dude is free. And it blew my mind. And I'm like, okay. Cause I always had this perception of what a Christian was. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And okay, these guys are like me, he's got a similar story to mine, but he's found freedom through a relationship with Christ that was compelling to me. Like that drew me in. There was an alert to that. Like, okay, Ryan, I got nothing to lose. I have nothing to lose at this point. Why not buy in? But to answer your question, yes, man, that's what captivated me most. That is a huge tool. The Lord utilized was the men who served here, who looked just like me, who had a story just like mine. Mm -hmm. And I could genuine, I could tangibly see the evidence of freedom on their countenance like they didn't convince me of it with their words i could see these things it's different it's different you
1: i can one of the one of the identifiers or marks of someone who's following the lord for me is i see peace regardless yeah. of what situation that person may be in and what may be going on at home and life is hard man we know that there is there is such things as depression and anxiety mm-hmm. one of the greatest uh, one of the toughest things, man, is when I don't feel like getting up and proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ, but I go anyways. Yeah. And me and you talked about this yesterday, mm-hmm. like we, we might not want to do it. We might not feel like, I don't feel like this right now. Emotionally, it's like I'm drained. If you, if you are in ministry, it's hard. And by the time you've been lied to 50 times a week, or the time you've been, you know, people's tried to manipulate or twist the truth, your emotional bandwidth is about that wide. And you just feel like I got nothing for these people. And then you. You go anyways. Yeah. And that's the greatest uh, feeling or the sense of accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Like, man, Christ was in it when I was not at all. Yeah, And it's like, just because I went... The Lord blessed that just because I chose to speak in my weakness, His Strength was made perfect. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing.
0: Yeah. The very things that overflow our cups and that God fulfills us through are the very things that we don't want to do a lot of times. Sure. Because I'm uncomfortable. I'm fearful. I'm doubting. I'm just, I'm too tired. I'm too emotionally drained. I'm too this. But whenever you, like you say, whenever you step up to the plate and you walk in that calling, you walk in that anointing, you walk in that purpose. Man, the fruit that that is produced. And I don't mean like... Like that benefits me, man. Just the fruit that's produced as far as joy and peace and humility and kindness and love and all these different things, man. It sustains you. It's what keeps you going. Absolutely, and it's such a beautiful thing. Uh, do you have any final words for our viewers, for our audience, for you know anybody out there struggling with addiction, a family member, anything? I would say this: God is greater than all of your struggles. Mm.
1: God is bigger. He is more powerful. He gives hope where there is none. He makes the weak uh, strong to those who have no might. He increases strength. Mm. And those that wait on the Lord shall mm. renew their strength. They will mount up as wings um, on wings as eagles, and they shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. And that is a promise, man. Mm. That is a promise. If you don't know God, maybe it's time you cry out and you stop asking what God can do for you. And how you could serve God mm. um, because that changed my life, and I believe it would change anyone's life. Everyone has gifts, everyone has little things that God has made them unique and different, and they can be utilized for the kingdom of heaven. Stop using the things that God has given you for darkness and start using them to serve Him, and your life will change. Mm. It
0: will change. Mm. From homeless IV heroin user to being set free and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, that is life after addiction. And you better believe it.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of Life After Addiction. Life After Addiction is a production of S2L Studio. For more Christ-centered addiction recovery resources, please visit s2l.net. That's S, the number two, L.net. For more information about S2L's licensed and accredited residential program, please visit S2LRecovery.org. That's S, the number two,
0: LRecovery.org. We want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the Life After Addiction podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of their faith-centered podcasts and their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and much more. Thank you so much for listening today, and God bless.
1: There's nothing in this world that He cannot do if we truly allow His love. We can do nothing without Him. Anything that we do apart from Him is not something that's
0: permanent. We all need is grace. That's everybody. We are all broken people. Yes. On our way to a place that we believe is, is waiting on us in heaven. You can find more of Bridges with Monica Schmelter at lifeaudio.com.
1: In Christ, we are all one family. Amen.